We've spent some time thinking about why you should be investing in others, as well as who you should be investing in. But the big question that still remains is what do I do with someone that I'm meeting with? And that is the topic of today's show. Welcome to Run With Horses, where our goal is to help you pursue Jesus with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. My name's Norman, and my goal is to help you thrive as a follower of Jesus. It can be a hard road sometimes, but I believe it's truly worth it. Thanks for including me on your journey. So if you've been following along, and if you are like me and you're really interested in being a disciple maker, then perhaps you're thinking about why we should be making disciples, who we should be investing in, and now you're down to this question of what exactly do I do? You're stepping out and wanting to be intentional about helping someone else grow in their spiritual life. That is awesome. Let me first start by commending you and saying, exactly, this is what we're supposed to be doing. I think there's really nothing that's more valuable, more meaningful in life, and you will absolutely enjoy it if you intentionally reach out and invest in someone else. But hold on, many people will say, where do I get started? How do I begin? Well, there are some pointers, some places that you can think about that will help you. In general, big picture, I, I think there are many, many, many ways to go about making disciples, and we will continually talk about a lot of them here on this show. There's almost no wrong way to go about it if you're intentionally investing in someone else and you're intentionally having input into their life with the goal of seeing them grow in Christ-likeness. If that's your goal and you're examining who they are and you're using your gifts, there's really probably not a wrong way to do it, but you can approach it with a little more organization and a little more thought, maybe a little more intention behind it, and it might give you a higher degree of comfort in, a, in getting started. But as you learn and grow and as you do it, I think you'll get more comfortable with the idea that as you're growing, if you're really pursuing Jesus yourself, you're really just sharing that with someone else. But having said that, let's give you a little more structure and maybe help it be a little less stressful for you if you're not sure about how to begin. So, to start with, even thinking about this question of where do I begin, let me give a probably too long introduction to the whole idea and say that really there are four words that I use that are super important, I believe, when it comes to making disciples. One is simple. <laughs> One is intentional. You hear that all the time. One is relational and then reproducible. So there's four words, and I think this is what we're shooting for. Ideally, in the context of a church, in the context of a disciple's life, you're looking for a simple, intentional, relational, and reproducible process, if you want to use that word, but a way of, of doing this where you can help someone else do it. It's simple. It's not complicated. Everyone can do it. It's intentional. You actually have a goal. You're thinking about it. You're not just showing up and hoping that the other person grows. It's relational. It, it is in the context of this ongoing relationship. And it's reproducible. You really hope that they can do it with someone else. They should be able to. It's not complicated. So the beginning and one of the key components, I think, that helps us understand how to get started is to focus on that concept of relational. Disciple-making happens in the context of a relationship. If you think about Jesus and his disciples, 
As they were walking from town to town, what did they do? <laughs> they talked for hours. And Jesus would have had time to talk to each one individually, two or three at a time, sit down at a break or for lunch to get some water and, and maybe talk to the whole group. It's primarily an ongoing, long-term relationship. So in some ways, we think about Jesus investing in these disciples, and it was just a real short period of time. You know, it's only a few years that he had. Well, that's true. But during that three years, he had massive amounts of time to invest in them and to build in them, to develop that relationship. And because Jesus was very intentional about what he was doing, he had plenty of time to do that. Often in our relationships, we don't have days when we're on the road. We don't have four or five hours when we're walking from one place to the other and we have this long, ongoing conversation. So it is different for us. But it's no less important to focus on the relational aspect. It, it takes time. And I think it's worth it. It's worth building that relationship. And a lot of this foundational disciple-making relationship what we're thinking about, it's not any different than any other relationship. If you're able to make friends, you're able to build the relational component of making disciples. You're just getting to know them. So it's important, even though most of us do, to some degree, do this naturally. I, I think the world's getting worse at it. I think I mentioned re recently, you know, a lot of men would today say that they don't have a single friend. Maybe they have one. But it's not like it used to be where people had six, seven, eight, nine friends and they had people that were close to them. We don't have that so much anymore. We struggle with crossing these barriers and we're worried about the other person. And all of our culture seems to be pushing us toward being more divided. And as awesome as social media can be, it's really not very social. It really, I think it, it hinders relationships more than it helps. It certainly hinders relationships with the people who are directly in front of you. I don't know how many times I've gone into a restaurant and you look over the table of people who are sitting there together and literally you'll see four people all looking at their phone, not at each other. Okay, that's not helping the relationship with the person they're sitting in front of. It might help you maintain a relationship that you built in the past, but I think a lot of us make the unfortunate choice to dwell on relationships in the past and try to maintain them and carry them artificially into the present. There is a time for relationships, and there's a time for relationships to be left in the past. I'm sorry if you don't like that. It's just true. If you don't leave some relationships in the past, you don't have the time, the space, the energy for the people who are around you today, the ones you can actively make a huge impact on. So I think it's important to recognize, I'm not saying you get rid of every relationship you've had in your past, but you cannot neglect the people in front of you. Those are the people you primarily have the opportunity to really invest in. So it can be easy for a lot of us to be hyper-focused hyper on investing in one person. Maybe they were long ago, we had that opportunity without recognizing that, hey, God brings other people into their life. Maybe they're looking at you and they should be looking at someone in their church today, and you're, you're actually hindering a close, ongoing, disciple-making relationship with them. Uh, with someone else because you're taking some of that space. So uh, it's easy to dwell in the past. And it's also easy, maybe from the other other side, to think about 
a lot of us struggle with coming into a relationship and we're hyper-focused on the activity. I, I want to see you to grow and invest. I want to do all that I can so I can be too focused on the content of our conversation without maybe giving enough time to the relationship. So I want to pass you the information. I want to help you make the changes in your life and I want to uh, invest in you, but I need to get to know you. <laughs> I need to actually really love you and care for you. That is part of this relationship. So it's important to recognize all the things that we talk about that maybe go into a disciple-making relationship. That relational aspect is hugely important. We are doing life together. I'm sharing with you my struggles. I'm sharing with you who I am and who God's taught me to be and how He is growing me and how He is challenging me even now. And then as we're praying for each other and sharing these things, we're encouraging each other to grow. And it's, it's in this matrix of our relationship and our focus on God and our uh, ability to serve the church. And all those things are part of it. So, again, the relationship is really important. So when we get started, uh, you, you have to have put the time into the relationship. Particularly if you can envision down the road the time when you're going to need to have heart-to-heart -heart talks. You're really going to need to discuss areas that might be difficult for both of you, real heart issues where you need to change or where they need to change. You have to put the time into the relationship, or what you'll find is a lot of those discussions are not possible, or they're much more difficult than you really they, they would have to be if you had developed the relationship. So first, get to know the person you're working with. Don't don't overlook that. That's an important part. Ask the questions about their work, about their hobbies, family relationships. Make sure you hear their salvation testimony. What's their walk with with God look like now? You know, how are they walking with Jesus day to day now? What does that look like? Um, in the beginning, I think you know, you go out for lunch, you can go fishing. I mean, anything's fine in the beginning. You're not really worried about being distracted because you're not having a serious heart to heart conversation. It is much more getting to know this person. Unless it's someone you've known for a long time and you're finally inviting them in, then maybe you already have this. But if you don't, you do have to build that relationship. You have to know them well enough to have some idea of where they are and feel fairly comfortable before you can go really deeper in the relationship. So keep that in mind. You, you want to build that basic foundation. A lot of discipleship does naturally happen. If you genuinely care for somebody and you're spending time with them, and you're actually growing, those three things come together, and you you have good conversations, and you're able to disciple somebody when you're not prepared, because you're growing, and you care about them, and you want to see them grow. So uh, God has an amazing way of teaching you things that come out in the life of someone else just at the right time, and that's, that's the work of God directing us. But as we're doing our part to be intentional, you want to build that basic foundation and a long way really get to know them. And then you gradually move into those more intentional conversations, which are more intentionally focused on spiritual growth. So when you get to that point, uh, you know, a lot of people would say, OK, I built the relationship. We can hang out. We can have pizza. You know, we've we relate well this personally. But I don't know, you know, how to be more intentional about this spiritual conversation. Well, there are three broad categories where you can try to have more intentional conversations. And a lot of it might be asking questions in the beginning. So today, really, that's what I'm going to focus on. 
you want to get to know where they are in a few different areas of life. And primarily that's going to be finding out a little more about them, a little more specifics, a little more uh, intentional in your conversation. And part of this disciple making, it's not just you're playing 20 questions with them. You're sharing who you are and where you are in these areas as well. So as we go through, I'll give you some examples of how this might play out. The first big area is really a little more general, maybe, but just general character and spiritual life. So earlier I mentioned you might want to, well, you definitely want to ask for their um, their testimony and hear what their life with, with God is like now. So as you do that, or after you do that, once you've spent a little more time and a little more comfortable, you might want to ask questions like, is there some area right now where... Um, God is really working in your life or God's really asking you to grow. And a lot of people would say, well, I'm, I don't know. I just, it's kind of overwhelming. I don't know. I'm not sure. Um, how do you even know? So you might have a whole conversation based around that one question. And a good thing to do would be to share, well, this is an area God's working in my life and this is how I know that God's working. And it might be, there's any number of ways that might come up, but quite often in my life, I'm consistently reading through Scripture, and what I see is this this mix. There's a place where what I'm reading and what I'm living <laughs> cross in a way that I go, yeah, this is something that it's very clear to me that I need to work on. I see a weakness in my life, or I see an area that I need to grow, and I see in my life right now something that has pointed that out very clearly. And I think God uses things like that, this combination of circumstances and the spiritual uh, journey as we're intentionally applying effort in the spiritual disciplines in our prayer life, in our Bible study, in our Bible memorization. So you can share with somebody, hey, here's something that I'm actively working on. Uh, And it might be one of the things I've been trying to work on this past few months is is be more consistent with my Bible memorization program. Because I've I always, it seems like for me, just being honest, I struggle with, well, I struggle with numbers. That, that's the that's the bigger theme here. I, I can remember the verse, but I can't remember the numbers, where it's at. I know that's not important. The numbers are not inspired. But I would like to be able to turn to them a little more quicker. I'd like to have a few more verses that were uh, attached in a way where I could use them um, maybe in the middle of even a sermon. I can remember that this verse is actually in this chapter. And I So I've been trying to be a little more intentional, and what that has meant in my life is I recognize this is something I want to work on, is that I I can learn the verse, but I struggle to maintain it over time. You know, it's like, well, and and I think this is a problem with a lot of people as you memorize. There's the memorizing, and you can learn the verse, but then when you've learned 20 or 30 verses, do you still remember the first and second one? And what I find is often I'll I'll remember the verse, but I can't remember where it was at. (laughs) So... I'm trying to be more intentional in that uh, reviewing and making sure I really have anchored those those verses. So in some cases, I'm thinking about the numbers and is there a way to attach the number to some concept in the verse in some way that makes sense to help me to remember it? I mean, it's just kind of basic memorization tools. But that might that's an example of something that I'm working on right now. I see a, a need for in my life. I would like to do better at this. So I'm working on that. And here's what I'm doing. You can do that with someone you're talking to. Ask them, are you recognizing a need to grow? Are you seeing how God's working? And what, what are you doing with that? Here's, here's an example in my life. 
another question kind of in this broad area of character and spiritual life might be, what are some of the trials and, and temptations that you're facing right now? And what are the things you're going through that you're finding difficult? I think all of us have ups and downs in life. And we have times when it's uh, seems like it's going pretty well, and we're, we're doing well with our devotions. We're doing well in our prayer life. Our church family seems to be doing well, and our, our ministry is enjoyable. And then we have these other times when it seems like everything's falling apart, and you know there's not any good anywhere. But most of the time, it's somewhere in the middle. Like, ah, oh, there's things that are doing pretty well, and there's you know a few areas. Well, yeah, I'd like to see that do better. <laughs> and that conversation is part of the ongoing conversation in, in disciple making, where we recognize you're going to have ups and downs. So we're together in the ups and working on uh, learning and growing and, and doing well while we can. And then when it goes down, maybe we need more support and more intentional prayer. And maybe that's the time you recognize, well, here's something I need to study more. Here's something that will help me the next time that I'm down. So what are the things you're facing that God has really brought into your life, allowed into your life? And what is the opportunity for growth there? This is a good place to have some of these conversations. You recognize the trial. You recognize the need for growth. You recognize maybe the temptation. Well, there's always the negative part of that. You know, it's not fun to go through a trial. Uh, Struggling with temptation is never fun. But there's also an opportunity. At the time when you recognize challenge and you recognize the negative that comes along with this trial... Are you also looking for the thing to be thankful for? Because God brought this into your life. He allowed this into your life for a reason, and ultimately it will help you. Now, are you looking for that lesson or that the good that's in this? What are the opportunities that present themselves that God allowed along with the trial? It's a really good conversation to have. Are you going to ask uh, general questions about character? You know, go through a list of character traits, go through the fruit of the Spirit and say, how are you doing in, in these areas? What does this look like in your life? And and kind of talk about what it means to be intentional and in growing as a person. And these, again, are maybe broad conversations, which you can get as specific as you want to. Haven't yet got into maybe intentionally studying a certain topic, but you're still getting to know the other person, but you're bringing that intentionality into the conversation. Hey, let's have a really good spiritual conversation about what it looks like to grow and there are people who you will meet who this is all that you will ever do. You know, I've had people that I've discipled for a number of years where we never sat down and had a Bible study. We didn't go through a book together. I didn't give them a lot of resources. What we had were occasional times where we sat down and had really good conversations where I'm just trying to be a, a resource, an encouragement, a challenge to them. And I want to ask these kind of intentional questions and saying, how can I help you? How can I encourage you? How can we encourage each other? How can I pray for you? Here's how you can pray for me. So don't look at you're coming in to fix every problem they have here. You're getting to know them and letting them know that these spiritual conversations are valuable and they're okay. They're safe. Nobody's going to uh, criticize you because you're doing poorly. You're not going to be successful in a disciple-making relationship if people are afraid to be open and share with you. We have to be able to be open and transparent and, and vulnerable. These conversations are sharing that, hey, I have these struggles. I expect that you have similar or different struggles, and that's okay. We're, we're meant to walk through this together. So the second big area is just kind of broadly speaking spiritual growth. And I know there's some overlap between these first two. But 
specific questions might be, where, where do you find yourself resisting God right now? Maybe God's pulling you in a certain direction. You're going like, I don't really want to go to that direction. Opportunities for ministry that you're uh, trying to stay away from. So these, these are kind of questions that are related directly to our spiritual growth. And you want to encourage them. You know, God is working in you. He's He wants you to grow. And often we resist that because human nature, the sin nature really resists and, and is repelled by God. So along with that, thinking about this life of intentional spiritual growth is, are you intentionally practicing any spiritual disciplines right now? Maybe a good question if you find somebody that's not a very mature believer, hasn't been intentionally following Jesus for very long, do you know what the spiritual disciplines are? Are you aware that there is more than just prayer and Bible study? There are other tools that can help you. Are there spiritual disciplines maybe that you want to develop that would be helpful to you that you haven't practiced? Have you read through the New Testament? A lot of people read and come across fasting and go, well, I don't really know much about that. It's kind of uncertain. How would you even begin? That'd be a really good conversation to have because every believer should have that in their toolbox. There's a time when fasting is super valuable. Uh, there's a time when it might be the only tool that's really going to help you. So be aware of the spiritual disciplines and be ready to, to apply them in your own life and be ready to talk about uh, the ones that you find valuable, at least, in the life of someone else. Along with this, when you're thinking about intentional spiritual growth, you might want to have a conversation where you ask, what are changes or actions that you've made recently to intentionally make spiritual growth a priority in your life? And part of what this is addressing is, well, it's a couple things. One is the intentionality. Are you doing something intentionally to try to grow? Are you specifically intentionally pursuing Jesus? Or are you just kind of hoping it's going to happen? And then you're also asking the question, kind of finding out, are people aware of things that they can do? Because I think a lot of people aren't aware that there are things that they can do that will help them grow spiritually. They make poor choices on a consistent basis. And if I like to stop making the poor choices, excellent. That is a great place to start. But you can also do things intentionally. There are things that you certainly don't do. You know, you should be avoiding and you should be fleeing sin. But what does it mean when the Bible says pursue righteousness? That'd be a great conversation to have with someone as you're beginning this process of discipling and encourage them to take steps intentionally toward Jesus. What does it mean to pursue righteousness, to pursue godliness? Uh, you know, Matthew six thirty three: seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What does it mean to seek the righteousness of God? What does that look like in my life, in this week? And I think about my choices and who I am and the things that God has brought into my life. What does it look like to pursue righteousness in this context based on who I am and what I know right now? That can be a great conversation that opens up a lot of doors, maybe for future discussions. So as you're having these broad-based discussions about the spiritual life, about general growth in, in character, living out the fruit of the Spirit, and about our spiritual growth in general, one of the things that you want to do that's intentional on your part is make sure you keep a note of, of topics that come up that maybe, oh, I'm working with Joe Schmo and he doesn't know anything about the spiritual discipline, so that would be a good thing to study sometime. You make notes about the topics that come up that you can come back to. And then when you're at the place where you're beyond some of these first discussions, you're able to say, hey, you know what? 
uh, several of our discussions, this one topic came up. Let's uh, let's either look for a book together, or let's uh, let's look at the New Testament, and see what it says about this, or let's go through this book because I know that comes up several times. It gives you some direction. That is, uh, provide some structure as you go forward. So make sure that you're taking notes as you're having these big discussions. So you have. Two areas. The first one is just general character, spiritual life. The second, a little more specifically, narrowing in on spiritual growth. And then the third one, and in a, a new believer, you might not have a lot of conversation here, but the longer someone has been a believer, the, the more this conversation should entail. The third one is ministry skills, or just ministry in general. Everyone should be aware that God has saved us for a person, purpose, that we're invited to be part of this great ministry of reconciliation, that we've been given a ministry that... As Ephesians 4 talks about, the leaders in the church, their their role, their purpose, their goal should be to build you up so that you can do the work of the ministry. So what is that? What does that look like? What are your gifts? So a good place to, to talk about things like that would be kind of in this third section as you're getting a little more comfortable talking about spiritual things to be able to say, uh, what have you done in ministry so far? You know, how have you seen God uh, draw you in? Does God want you involved? What are your, what are your gifts? If you haven't taken a spiritual gifts inventory, it'd be a great thing to to take just to begin that process of of thinking about how God made you and how God made you to serve His church and how God made you to be part of this ministry to the world. Along with that, as you think about your gifts, what are ministry skills that you might want to develop? You might have some to a low degree. Maybe you need to improve those. Or others, you, you might say, I don't actually have this as a skill, but I would like to. I can see how this would be valuable based on my, my spiritual gifting or based on where I'm in life and the opportunities that are there for service. So what are some ministry skills that you could develop? And depending on who you are and who they are, you might be able to help them directly with that. Or one of the roles as a disciple maker is to make introductions to help them to say, uh, hey, here's someone who can help you in this area, or here's a class that might help you gain some understanding in this this skill, or here's a person who's really good at that, maybe they can mentor you. So it's not all from you, maybe just helping them answer that question of where to turn, who to turn to. Broadly speaking, you might just come, come across this area of ministry and say, well, what are some areas where you need to be reading or studying more to learn more about, about who you are and, and, and ministry? How much do you know about this mission of reconciliation? Are you comfortable with the idea that you're supposed to be involved in it. Um, so sometimes you might give guided reading assignments or things. Let's let's study through this together to help understand. And then maybe it's practical. Let's do some things together. Let's go visit uh, a nursing home. Let's go uh, visit some friends with the hope that we're going to have an opportunity to share the gospel or hear different ministries of the church. And let's examine those and see how they fit in with your gifting. So uh, you're broadly speaking, you, you want to help them understand God called them for ministry, which means there's a ministry for them. And then make sure that's not kept as a distant conversation, but it's right now, what are you doing? What can you do to be involved in ministry where you are, who you are with the people that you're with right now? So that's three big areas, uh, general character, spiritual life, spiritual growth, and ministry ministry skills that are good broad conversations that will help guide future uh, discussions and future disciple making. So it's a good place to start. And you can have you could have several weeks, several months worth of conversations just in what we've talked about today. Well, thank you for joining me today. You can find links to past shows at uh, runwithhorses.net. Write me and let me know what 
you're doing to invest in others today. I'd love to hear from you. Your questions and comments are, are always welcome. You know, the path of a disciple, it can be long, but you're not in it alone. So keep running.